So you've just graduated your exercise and sports science degree and you're pondering where to next. Now, there's a few schools of thought surrounding where you should go. Some people like myself have headed down the postgraduate path, you know, a bit of research, PhD honours, whilst others elect to do some internships and get some more hands-on experience. Which one's better for your career path? Well, there's a couple of different sides to that story. In today's episode of Trikes 180, we're going to debate whether you should elect to go down the postgraduate path or elect to do some internships to advance your career. And it all starts right now. Let's go, boys. Welcome back to the Trikes Performance Channel. My name is Rob Delves, and as always, I'm joined by Sean Jessman and Damon Bednarski. Firstly, welcome to you, Sean. Hey, Rob. How are you? Yeah, good. Thank you, Sean. Uh, Sean will be our adjudicator today, so he's pretty short on words, and his record looks pretty crap in the overall head-to-head. So welcome back, Sean. Thanks for taking the time out today. And then we've got Damo, of course, the uh, head honcho. Hello to you, Damo. How you going, Rob? Uh, just a special shout-out to Shawnee from uh, filming in the back of his Falcon today. Great commitment to the cause here. <laughs> Any comments on that, Sean, that you'd like to quickly just tell us as to why you're in the back of a Falcon? Oh, well, I'm, I'm all over the place today. I'm going between jobs and, you know, got a little bit of spare time here, and I thought the uh, the staff in the scope of staff room probably wouldn't appreciate me uh, doing a bit of uh, animated discussion about what we're about to discuss today. So I thought I'd better do it in the back seat of the car. And it's logistically not ideal, but, you know, we make it work. Absolutely. Well, we appreciate your commitment, Sean. So thank you very much. And it's a nice little segue into our topic today. So as we talked about from this, from the top, we're discussing all things in terms of career advancement and career path, and in particular, what to do after you finish your undergraduate degree, particularly at a sports science level. So there's two schools of thought uh, surrounding this in the industry at the moment. So there's one particular aspect where you can elect to do your postgraduate stuff, so master's, PhD, honours, all that sort of stuff, and also internships as well. So uh, today uh, we're going to be discussing those two points. I myself will be for the research or the further education path, and then my uh, advert, no, my adversary today is Damo, and Damo is going to be arguing the internships. Only Damo. That's correct, Rob. Mm, yeah, thanks very much, Damon. That's good. Uh, Damon's keeping his cards close to his chest, so hopefully he's got something more to offer than uh, <laughs> something more to offer in the arguments than what he has in the introduction. Sean, maybe you just want to quickly recap as to um, the rules of 180, if you can. Yeah, so we take a contentious topic and then two of us battle it out. Um, usually take one takes one side, the other takes the other side, and then the remaining triax member adjudicates and, and awards the winner. So we get three arguments, so three 30-second rounds, um, and whoever's the winner at the end gets to uh, go on a bit of a uh, parade and, and take the chocolates. gallivant around and, yeah, bragging rights. And so there is, so obviously Sean will uh, adjudicate and decide today's winner, but there's also a bit of a fan vote as well. Like there's... Obviously, we all have our biases between each other, but there is a fan vote. So if you want to leave a comment below um, or on our various platforms, if you don't agree with the decision today, um, which if Damo wins, then you won't agree with that. So uh, feel free to uh, feel free to give us some feedback on that front. 
So if you're new to the 180 series, we've done a couple of these already. So if you want to go back and have a look at some of the uh, episodes we've done on ice, uh, small side games, aerobic capacity, then uh, there's a few controversial episodes there that need to be seen to be believed, uh, a few controversial results as well. So go back through and have a look at the channel. And there's also a lot of other uh, content we've got for team sport performance. There's some MAS, yo-yos, sports tech as well. So demos dabbled in that field, looking at some smartwatch technology. So there's plenty of stuff going on. If you want to have a look at it, and uh, we'd consider or we'd urge you to consider subscribing to the channel and liking the content as well. If you get some value out of it, it would mean a lot. So uh, thank you very much. But now let's get stuck into it. All right, so round one, here we go. I'm going to start off proceedings here. So my first argument, in life, it's not about what you know, it's who you know. Electing to complete further education may just provide you with the network opportunities you need to kickstart your dream career and get it in the right direction. If you elect to do postgraduate studies by research in particular, so honours or PhD, you are given a research supervisory team. Already off the bat, you've got probably three to four high-ranking university staff members on your side who have usually developed connections within the sector that you're actually researching and have those connections at the high level, which is so vital, Damo. Yeah, so key word you use there, Rob, is uh, usually. So um, do you have experience of your academics or professors actually helping you out in the industry. Um, yep. Academics and professors are a great resource as long as you're helping them get another citation. Once the writing dries up, they hang you out to dry, mate, and the next student comes along and keeps producing them free papers. Um, if your goal is to work in an applied setting, getting your hands dirty and coaching, collecting real-world data and working with athletes is what you should be doing, not sitting in a computer lab pondering which statistical test or research methodology to use. Is that is that is that your argument or is that like that's a my that's my argument, mate? Yeah, that's my yeah. argument. Right. Well, anyway, so if I can give like a little bit of a preamble here, because I know Sean's waiting in the wings and he's listening to this. So if you have, you know, if you go to the right university, you have your right connections and all those networks and all that sort of stuff, and the, and the researchers, mate, then you get all that stuff in there. So, like, you get the opportunities to do all these hands-on practical activities. Like some people are fortunate enough to go to you know, Doha, Qatar, and, and help out with some you know, FIFA projects and all that sort of stuff. So. There are aspects there that you can get some applied uh, experience pending and obviously if you have the right supervisors. So there is the payoff is potentially huge in that regard, Bama. Potentially. Over three years, how many days of practical experience would you get in a PhD? Oh, well, if you're embedded, it depends. Like If you're embedded with an actual club, then obviously every day you're at the club is practical experience. Uh, if you're doing like a more research lab-based one, then your chances are you're probably working with individual athletes, not necessarily teams. So that can probably fluctuate a bit. But if you're doing an industry-based team sport one, then practical is all you know. Yeah, and then if you're in a coursework masters, it's a similar thing. You might get two intensive weeks, the entire degree of practical experience, and the rest is uh, theoretical coursework. So I, I don't think that uh, argument of you know embedded in real world experience is actually true across the board for those postgraduate courses. How's Rob going banging on about how he's oh I went to uh Doha Qatar. <laughs> I worked I worked with FIFA. Just mi Rob's Mr Mr. Worldwide. Let's start calling him Pitbull or something because oh, he's, happy, he's happy with himself, isn't he? <laughs> he's been sitting on that for a while. <laughs> Yeah. Mm. I'm sure um, I'm merely just pointing out the uh, the potential good things that can happen to you as a result of uh, going down the further education path. I think going in going into this debate, 
I knew this argument would come up, the networking. And I personally, my own sort of subjective views that I'd I'd sort of side with Damo's point of view, I think you can get more networking um, within the applied practical setting. But Damo, I think your argument just lacked a little bit of conviction and Rob was more convincing. So I'm going to give round one to Rob. Yes, that's the stats. That's what we want. Good start. Here we go. I hope that falcon boils you, Sean. <laughs> oh, here we go. There it is. So a jack of all trades within the exercise, sports science, strength, strength and conditioning industry is a rare breed. If you complete an honours or a PhD, you are given invaluable research experience. The skills of facilitating and reporting upon experiments and collecting data is invaluable both at the applied and research levels. If your research is good enough and it can be submitted to a journal, you can further boost your experience and also your networks by having that international exposure that you can only get through publishing your research as a result of completing postgraduate education demo. Yeah. Um, publishing a paper is not all that it's, you know, cooked out to be. What, what do you get out of that other than having a citation on internet? Um, unless you're going to present that paper, which generally if you're just coming out of honours or masters, it's going to be your supervisor that would go do that anyway. Um, and in terms of the networking, you're going to go to that conference and that's it. Um, the chances of actually seeing those people afterwards, I doubt that, unless you're going to stay in the research sector. If you're going to be in the applied sector, you'd be wanting to interact with coaches. Um, so that my argument here is so completing an internship or multiple internships provides you with the opportunity to develop real-world skills, practical skills, Um you get to use things such as an emotional intelligence, which a lot of lecturers and professors don't uh, have, uh, interpersonal and communication skills. You can't gain that in a classroom uh, or in the computer lab. It's all well and good if you can write a great journal article, but if you don't know how to interact with or communicate your findings to key stakeholders, so coaches, athletes, CEOs, board members, what value does it actually add? Mm. Interesting. There's a few. There's a few things I could just tee off on on that. I reckon. Damo. The first one's probably like, you know, just the idea of an internship, mate. They're not all that good. Like, especially if it's a real basic one. Like, you don't really get that much experience. Like, I'd rather publish a journal or to present at a conference or somewhere because you're in front of a lot of people. Like, there's a lot. If you go to a journal, or so if you go to a conference and you've got a lot of people that you're presenting to, that's already like a lot more high-profile people than what you get. If you're picking up cones at, uh, um, you know, wherever an NPL club or you know a VFL club, so there's um there's a pretty good exposure on that front if you can publish an article. Yeah, I think there's pretty good exposure if you're doing a good internship too. Um, I think if we're arguing here, it's about a graduate internship here rather than being an undergraduate. Um, if you're picking an internship at this stage of your career where you're picking up and cone, picking up cones and filling up water bottles, I think you might have made a little mistake there in terms of where you are. Um, but in, in an internship, if you're a graduate, you're going to be in a position where you have skills, you've done internships before, um, you're going to be connecting with a lot of people, you're going to be in, at good organisations, you're going to be connecting with opposition uh, staff that work at the club. I think you're going to get exposed to people that are in an area that you are more aligned with than in a research sector. Um, if you want to be working hands-on, it's no good talking to the professor that's been working uh, in a research lab for 25 years. You may as well talk to the coach that's been on the ground doing the coaching for the last 10 years. But it's, 
So what's interesting then? So before we get Sean in, because I know he, he's jumping, he, he's jumping to get in. But can you not have both? Like, can you not be the the like the researcher who's also practical as well? Like, there's a lot of instances in that within our within our um, community that people that are practically based but have a stack of research. Is I, there, I, don't, is there a I, I, don't, I don't think you can be both at the same time, can you, Rob? There's too much pressure oh. from the university to be a research person and publishing articles. You, you can't really be both where you're working at the university, getting that lovely academia life, and then also working in an applied setting. Uh, there's just not a, enough hours in the day to produce the papers per year or you know, get your PhD students to do it for you um, <laughs> and, and, and also work in, in the industry. Absolutely, Slender. I'll get Sean in because uh, this could go off pretty quickly. So, hang on, I'll get Sean in. All right. So, that round, that's actually a bit of an interesting argument that you both put forth there because I've seen both sides of that, actually. So, I did an honours year and then where it's just more research-based where you, where I published a paper and that sort of thing. And then immediately afterward, I went out and sought a couple of strength and conditioning internships. Um, so, I... This is just me personally, so it's a little bit biased. Me personally, I got a lot more out of the internships than I did the honours year. I don't think that – I think we've spoken about it in the podcast episode about the sports science degrees, how there's a bit of a disconnect between research and the real world sort of environments and so in sort of what you do and what you're exposed to. Um, and I think it's – not always research is sort of gold standard best practice but that's not always practical in real world settings so um yes there are benefits to doing research and you can definitely get things out of that and you can be exposed to different research methods and different skills and different people but i think for me uh you get a lot more out of internships and that real hands-on experience so for round two i'm gonna give the win to demo charity absolute yeah. charity yeah. there you go maybe your maybe your problem your demo's problem is that you, you like you you're not like incorporating yourself with the right researchers and the right academics and maybe it's the fact that you both stayed deacon too long oh Maybe you, maybe you blokes need to see the light, and you should head over. You should head across the Westgate to the uh, the finest institution out in West, in Victoria University. Well, I've already got two missing hubcaps in my car. I'd like to keep the other two, so I don't think I'll head across the Westgate. Mate, they wouldn't be touching your Falcon, mate. They'd probably leave it alone. I reckon. I'm pretty happy with uh, what my supervisors helped me with, uh, Rob. I was a mixture of uh, theoretical and practical, and that led to work at Cricket Victoria and uh, future employment options. So I think the collaboration of people that actually work in the applied industry can actually get you uh, applied work, not just continuing on in the research sector. All right, so my final argument now goes back on to Damo. I'm just going to go, hit him straight between the eyes. <laughs> Trying to find a good internship is very, very difficult, believe me. It's very hard to actually find yourself a good placement. How many internships? have all of you done, including Sean, where all you do is actually just the grunt work. So you're picking up cones, you're cleaning the squat racks, you're filling up water bottles, but are these tasks actually worth your time? Will they actually lead you somewhere? It's all well and good to, to do an internship and, and to say that you're actually at these places, but if they're not actually helping you develop, what's the point? I'd rather 
uh, work towards my own sort of tasks and be or have some sort of control of my own success by doing a research-based degree. Damo. Yeah, my, my argument to that is so what is worse, spending three years of your life and 30 plus thousand dollars if you're doing a master's by coursework, obviously honours and master, uh, PhD are a little bit different, to gain some additional theoretical skills and maybe write a research pa paper that collects some dust on your desk. Um, completing an internship that isn't quite right but exposes you to a plethora of applied practitioners and opportunities, um, it expands your real-world skills. And the thing about... Uh, an internship is if it's not the right fit for you, you can leave it after a couple of months. You don't have to be committed to a three-year PhD paper or research project that can go on and on and on. If you're not liking a research paper or PhD, you're stuck there, especially if you're on funding and things like that. Um, so I know what I'd be doing if I wanted to work in an applied sports science industry, I'd be going down the internship pathway. So it's, so it's interesting. So now we're, we've we've finished the the argument statement. But what like what I have trouble agreeing with and conceptualizing is even if you go work at these good institutions with these good practitioners, some of these practitioners look very good on Twitter and their bios look very good and they've done all these things, but they don't tend to help you out too much as well. So sometimes like, again, like not, this is not everyone. And I'm sure there's plenty of good internships out there, but there's also plenty of bad ones at good places with good practitioners because they look good. And there's a lot of people that have fallen down the trap of going to particular places because it looks good on a resume, but you don't actually get anything out of it. And I think that's one of the massive pitfalls that surround internships within this industry. Do you well, agree? I think you have to do your due diligence. Um, it's like it's a job. You, that, you, you, you don't just sign up to an internship without doing your research. Um, you got to talk to people that have been there before, um, you know, and been through the experience and see what they got out of it. Um, when you're at this point, so I think this is a little bit different to an undergraduate internship. We're talking about once you've graduated from a degree and you're looking to get yourself in the industry. So you should already have experience. You should already know the scene a little bit and understand what's out there. So you're not just going in and doing your entry-level internship. You should have some skills under your belt here. So um, this concern about jumping into things with, you know, people that might not be right for you, um, if you've done the, the right amount of research and you know who you're getting in with, um, it shouldn't be an issue. Um, and again, it's an internship. It's not a locking contract. So if you find that it's not the right fit for you, you can always pull out and go somewhere else. Um, it's okay to be selective. When you're in a PhD, it's a lot harder to, to get yourself out of it once you're embedded in it. Yeah, and that, so that's an interesting point. But there's also barely a distinction between a graduate internship in this industry and a normal internship as well. Because what tends to happen is you either get paid full-time, part-time, or it's an internship. There's not really balances between graduate internships and normal internships, particularly at the elite level. There might be a little bit of difference at the sub-elite level, but there's no real great difference between what internships actually are. And at least if you're doing a PhD, particularly in Australia, 90% of the people are actually getting paid for it as well. So, which and it's tax free. So, there's a few other things there that sort of go into like this process. So, it's, obviously, it's not cut and dry, no matter what, what way you look at it. But there are like some of these things need to be taken in consideration as well, I reckon. But do, we'll do, you, think, do you think the yeah. PhD prepares you for a career in the applied setting, or is yeah. it more setting you up for um, work in academia? Because I think well, that, both, there's a clear line there because it's the same as what you're saying about internships. There's no clear thing. With PhDs, it's the same. 
you might be doing a PhD program that's uh, very th theoretical based. So I looked at doing one which was embedded with Cricket Australia. You'd think you'd get to actually see some cricket or be involved in that. Literally, the PhD was to sit in a computer lab and crunch 50,000 data points for three years. Um, so where's the applied context in that? Yeah, I'm going to provide a report, but you're not actually going to be involved in the process of data collection, interacting with people that work in the industry. So, um, and I, I know of plenty of people that are doing those types of PhDs where it's more that you spend your time in a lab and you don't actually interact with applied practitioners. So I think you can say the same thing about PhDs as these internships is there's, you know, no real guarantee what the, that you're going to get that applied setting that you're talking about. You're lucky because you're in an embedded PhD where you get to actually work at an organisation, but a lot of these PhDs aren't like that. Mm. Yeah, that's true. I agree with that. But then I guess it helps if you're getting paid as well and not just completely exploited by some of these organisations in an unpaid internship. Um, but, again, that's that's a different point. So how did you see the last round there, Sean? Yeah, very good, boys. Very good. I, I did enjoy the back and forth there at the end particularly. Um, it's hard because... I think that as as you sort of said, Rob, you don't really know what's going to be a bad internship and to actually get into it. Um, so there are some organisations or companies out there that sort of give this um, persona that they're they're the kings, but you sort of get in there and um, you quickly learn that that's not really the case, and it's not sort of not as glamorous um, as it looks on their social media platforms. In saying that, the 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 opposite is also true. Like you can find, there are some that, that hold up and I've sort of seen both sides of that where I've done internships where I haven't really got much out of it and you think, yeah, this is going to be awesome and then it's pretty boring. But then there are some as well where you're embedded from day one, they get you involved, they actually give you a little bit of responsibility um, and by the end of it, you sort of feel pretty prepared for what will be hopefully um, some sort of paid paid employment. Um Hopefully, being the key word. Well, I mean that's that's good anything. It's gonna it's gonna be hopefully at the end of a research or a PhD as well. Like, yeah, but at least getting paid during it. Yeah, that's yeah, you true. Get, but you get that, paid more to stack shelves at Bloody Coles full time than you do for a PhD. So, depends where you go, I guess. Depends uh, tax free. Depends what so, it depends if you uh, start your own athletic performance brand as well on the side. And then you see, then the money's just raking, then the money's coming in. So, and yeah, I guess there's always going to be that argument of what what makes you more prepared for that employment in a practical setting. And I think that for me, it's always probably going to be the internships. But at the same time, if you do do a bad internship, then you're sort of stuck back at square one where you were originally. So it's tough. As Damo said, you've got to do your due, dil due diligence and sort of work that out um, as best you can. Obviously, it's not going to be a perfect process. Um, but I guess getting back to the argument, the, the debate here, I think the winner of this Triax 180 is Damo. So I need... It's hard, Rob, because going, because going into this, Rob, I did... I did want to give you the win. And thanks to Sean. That's all we have time for today. So uh, we appreciate that. <laughs> well, I did want to give you the win because you put forward some very good arguments. But I think just the 
it's my own my own subjective views aren't helping here, but it all for me it goes back to um, I think you get more out of that real world real world experience of oh. the internship if you can find a good internship that develop that develops you and puts time into you and educates you, then I think you get a lot more out of that than than research where you're not not as exposed to that and in saying that like with you rob like you obviously get that experience with your phd but i think damo raised the point that um there are a lot of phds where you don't necessarily get that so again it's a sort of about picking and choosing what is going to be a good fit for you but i think ultimately um the internships are probably going to provide you with more value than the research degree yeah, I just want to add one last thing there as well. So um, my argument's a little bit hypocritical because obviously I did a master's degree by coursework that also had a research component, which I've published as well. So I have been on both sides of that as well, like Sean. Um, but I think the key thing was that I was doing that while working in a high-performance environment and team. So I was able to sort of practically apply what I was learning and figure out what was sort of fluff in the content and what actually added value in an applied setting. So I think um, both both options are good, but if you're going to do um, that postgraduate studies, I think picking the right one, like Rob, you're quite fortunate that you're in an applied setting where you get to actually see your research come through and see it actually happen. Um, and that was the same for me. You actually got to use the skills that you were learning about. Um, and I've since done that in roles afterwards where my research was in cricket fast bowling and actually seeing it on the ground, um, that's quite valuable and I think that's a great opportunity. So if you can do a PhD that does have that practical component, um, you're getting bang for your buck there. You're essentially doing a paid internship while also getting a research paper. So um, if you were going to do something, I think that'd probably be the, be be the best option if, if you want to get the best, best of both worlds. All right, well, there's another episode of 180 Done and Dusted. Um, unfortunately, I was on the losing side of it today, which is um, unfortunate, and I can't wait for the investigation, the investigation to come out as to why I got dotted again. But um, what can you do? The fan vote is more important to me anyway, so if you feel like I've been robbed, which is probably the majority of the uh, public out there, then please let me know and, and message me privately as well to boost my confidence. That would be great. Um, so, yeah, but if you, ha if you have liked the episode, there's um, plenty more where that came from, so you can check out the previous episodes we've got and also some of the other content we have in relation to team sport performance. So MAS, yo-yos, sports tech, it's all there, and we've got plenty more in the upcoming weeks as well. So uh, if you can, consider subscribing and liking to the channel. That would mean a lot. Otherwise, you can find us on what forum, Sean? Uh, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and TikTok. Search for Trix Performance. You'll you'll find us on there, or as well. Actually, I don't think we've ever plugged this before, but we are also on LinkedIn. Yes. Um, so if, yeah, so yeah. if you are sort of uh, roaming around or browsing on that platform and find any of our stuff interesting, we do post a fair bit on LinkedIn as well. So check us out on there. Yeah, I also, LinkedIn. I also hear uh, Rob's uh, on Tinder with his Trix shirt on, so you can check that one out as well. Oh, oh, oh boy. <laughs> Man, boy, that's that's where the extra small T-shirt went too, boy. Sorry, I stole that one. So I just put that in the drawer a couple of times and did a few benchies. Um, yeah, so I've lost my train of thought. That's good. Um, and then also the old school way demo. Yeah, so e email is admin at triaxperformance.com and our website is triaxperformance.com. Beautiful. Beautiful. So our 
Uh, next topic, which will be next week, is about foam rolling, actually. So we're going to talk about all things foam rolling and and how that may improve or maybe doesn't improve performance as well. So um, I'm not sure who the competitors will be uh, for next week. Uh, who is it going to be? Is it going to be you two? I think I must be out, am I? Or is it me yeah. versus Shawnee? Yeah. I think you'll be no, at court the Royal Commission into this loss, mate. So I think you might have to miss out. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, maybe you two can go at it again. I always like ref, uh, being referee. So we'll go Damon and Sean on the phone rollers next week. So make sure you tune, tune into that. But until next time, we'll uh, see, you now, see you later from Triage Performance.